All right, so open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, we're going to be looking at verse 8 through 15 together. Entitle this message, Die to Live. Die to Live. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I've got it up on the screen behind me, says this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. All right, you've got your own Bible, so I'm hopefully not spoiling anything for you. But you know who wrote that? Paul. Paul wrote this to the church in Galatia. And do you know perhaps where Paul might have been inspired by to write this? Stephen, whom... By the way, he helped kill when he wasn't following God. He saw very quickly that to be one who is in Christ is to, first of all, die to live. And then secondly, as Paul held the coats of those who stoned Stephen... Live to die. Live to die. How's your time with Jesus right now? Like your time. Not your time through Pastor Rob each week or your time with mama with Jesus or your time with your spouse with Jesus or your V group time with Jesus. How's your time with Jesus? So God's so kind to me all the time. It happens when I make the discipline and I make the focus, which I'm just going to tell you has not always been every single day of my life, right? Thinking about the twins, man, when we, Mac and Burke only slept through the night by the time they were five, okay? I'll just confess to you, there were some days I didn't want to walk with the Lord. I just wanted to sleep. Hopefully the Lord was going to speak to me in my dreams, Okay? And so I'm going to confess to you, it's real. It's hard to always daily spend time to jump in God's word and to pray and to seek the Lord and to talk with Jesus. But um, this year I made some really strong commitments to journal. And I'm not a journal guy, I'm just going to be honest. But I'm trying to do it because it's such a good discipline when that has happened in my life to just reflect and to write through what I'm observing in scripture and And as I'm preparing to preach on the life of Stephen, guess what I read? Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. (laughs) See, one of the things I've learned is when you systematically spend time with Jesus, there's this person called the Holy Spirit. And he just loves connecting dots for us. He loves providing for us. He loves 
empowering us. He loves enriching us. He loves preparing us when we walk with him. And so in this text, I mean, if all of life is about Christ, all of life is for Christ, all of life is found in Christ, based upon what Paul shared with us, if you truly believe this, how's your time with Christ? Can I share with you just a quick little example of my quiet time? And we're going to teach this more and more. I want to invite you at 7 a.m., okay, on Wednesday morning. Some of you are like, I don't see any day before 11 a.m., okay? You can hopefully watch this later. We'll record it. But if you'd like to join me, it'll either be on Insta Story Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live. I don't know. Adam will figure it out where I need to be so you can find me. But I'm going to have a quiet time with Jesus, and I would love to invite you to join me. And I just want to simply walk through my Bible reading that day with you and spend some time in prayer, hopefully to model for you how amazing it is that we get to wake up, have coffee first, and God has approved that in my life. It's okay if I go to coffee before Jesus. Coffee first so I can pay attention to what Jesus has in store for me or I'll go back to sleep and then jump into the word of God. So behind me on the screen, I know you can't read my scribble scrabble, but it says February 2nd, 2022. One of my good friends, his name is Robbie Gallaty. He's the pastor of Long Hollow in Nashville, Tennessee. He came up with the HEAR method. As you read scripture and as you walk in the word of God, the HEAR method is four simple things. The H stands for highlight. The E stands for explain. The A stands for apply. And then the R stands for respond. Very simple. So if you can see there to the top right... Um, my text for the day was Job 20 through 21, okay? Um, some days I'll take the text that I'm reading out of the Old Testament and I'll meditate on that. But for whatever reason, maybe it's because I was about to preach on the life of Stephen. As I read Galatians chapter 2, boom, Galatians 2.20 just stuck out to me. And so I copied and pasted it. I'm going to tell you some other tricks Pastor Rob does on Wednesday. But sometimes I, on any struggle, you know, people with reading, like you have to listen. So I like actually hitting the audio and I just let it kind of repeat over and over while I'm journaling. Okay, so little things, whatever works. You're not more spiritual because you read. No, you can listen to, can use technology, but I'm ingesting, right, digesting the, the, the word of God and I'm putting it in my life and I'm, I'm, I'm soaking in it. All right, so Galatians chapter 2, and, and we've just read that. Well, down below, you see there, I can't read what's on the screen there. It's clear on my notes here. But I basically said, highlight, I picked one verse, explain. And you don't have to be a theologian. If you need help, get a study Bible or get something like that. But what is going on here? And I just basically say, as Paul defends the gospel, he shares how his full identity is found in Christ. No more religion, no more uh, possessions, no more accolades, no other man. Although he would consider being any one of these things if it meant for him advancing the gospel around the world. All right? And so it's just a thought for me to just 
lock in on what's going on here. And then with A, apply. I love asking myself questions. So I ask myself, am I truly crucified with Christ today? As I live in Christ, is Christ living in me? Am I living in faith in the Son of God, which is shared there? Look, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. And so here's my response. And every day as I kind of respond to the Lord, it's sometimes a prayer, sometimes it's an action item. God's convicted me of sin, and so my action item is confess of that sin and ask for God to cleanse me of my unrighteousness. But at this time, I said, thank you, Lord. I just was overwhelmed with gratitude. Thank you, Lord, because at the very end, how do we get to experience life? It's not the fact that we've been crucified with Christ. It's at the very end, this son of God loved me and gave himself up for me. He sacrificed first. Man, and I don't know about you, but... Because he sacrificed for me, I'm ready to sacrifice for him. So I just said, thank you, Lord, for loving me and giving yourself completely to me. I give my all to you today. How's your time with Jesus? We are, in these two weeks, going to look at the life of Stephen. And as we consider the life of Stephen, I want to ask you, will you die to live, and will you live to die? First thing that we're going to find out about Stephen is that Stephen was one who loved King Jesus. He loved King Jesus. Let's read Acts chapter 6, verse 8 through 15. It says, and Stephen... Full of grace and power. <laughs> wow. What a resume. Who's that Stephen guy? He's full of grace and power. Life goal. Was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians, and of the Alexandrians, and of those from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. Wait, God, Stephen's full of grace and power. Isn't he going to get a pass on the difficult things of this world? No. So I'm going to try my best not to lock in on the haters this week, okay? We're going to talk about the haters next week. Got plenty of time for the haters next week. I'm going to lock in on Stephen. But don't forget that Stephen, a man full of grace and power, finds resistance. Just in case you're struggling to live for Jesus right now, you're not alone. Because this life is not our own. This world is not our home. So continuing on, it says, but they could not withstand... The wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. 
Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words. What are you hearing over and over by these disciples, by this early church? They didn't like, it's my day off. No, this is me time. No, over and over we hear, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Hey, be quiet. Can't do it. It didn't matter where these dudes were, where these women were. They shared Jesus. And it says here, what verse am I on? Verse 13. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against his holy place in the law, for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place, will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. Now, lock, on, lock in on verse 15, because this is what God has just kind of put upon my heart today to like just challenge our church. We've We've had an amazing last four weeks, over 50 people each week taking a step to join us at our Connect Track. And the Lord's starting to lay a foundation of commitment and family and partnership. And, and as God started to say, all right, Lord, because God holds me accountable to how I serve you. If you've been called to make a covenant with us and be a part of this church family, I take that very seriously to love you and to serve you and to be around you and to help you grow in Christ. And I said, Lord, what is the one thing that I should be praying for, locked in for, for these, your people? And God just kept saying to me over and over in this text that they would spend time with me. Not you, Rob. That they would spend time with me. Because here's Stephen, and look at verse 15. It says, as the people, all the haters were gazing at him. All who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Not from GQ standards. but from heavenly standards. You know, Stephen was one of the seven Hellenistic, which were Greek-speaking immigrants, Jews, enlisted to serve the widows, as we read, as Pastor Jake France preached about rising up to serve. And um, It's amazing how in this movement, as Stephen is probably one who is known within these circles, and obviously there's been some track record that, that he was a God-fearer at some level, although now he was one who has been saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. His reputation was probably pretty strong. He had probably been an honest person. He had been a religious person. He had memorized the Torah and he had probably done all these different things growing up and he had this reputation well the very people his people are the ones who are ticked off with him they're also the ones that are recognizing some new things about him 
That's why I believe that if you've truly met Jesus, people should be saying at some level, what is different? (laughs) Why did you not cuss me out? Why have you shifted from smoking weed to smoking cigarettes? I don't know where that came from. Why, Why is there kindness? Why do you smile in hard times? Why are you so joyful? Not happy. Joyful. Y'all with me? See, Stephen was full of grace and of power. The reason why he was full of grace and of power, I hate to tell you this, but it wasn't because of all the religious things that had taken place. It was because Jesus changed Stephen's life. Have you met Jesus? Have you given your life to Jesus? Every head bowed and every eye closed right now. Come on. (laughs) I'm not done. Don't put your stuff away. I preach longer than this, plus we don't have a connect track today, so I can go really long. Plus, you are just thankful to get out your house in this place we call Anchorage, Alaska. Will you give your life to Jesus right now? This Holy Spirit is here right now. Some of you are worshiping with us online right now. Will you give your life to Jesus right now? We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Jesus loves you so much, and I believe the Holy Spirit's been working in your life right now. And what you need is not me. What you need is not vintage. What you need is Jesus, and Jesus is here right now. In your own heart and in your own life, Perhaps pray a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I love you. I believe that you came, you lived, you died for me. And I surrender my life to you. If you prayed that prayer right now, confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. God's word says, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the first time right now, would you raise your hand so I can celebrate with you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Anybody here today? Receiving Jesus. Anybody at home right now? Maybe you're worshiping with us online. Put on the chat, today I've given my life to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I know that although I might not see a hand being raised here in this moment, God, your word, your gospel will never return void. And you are at work, and so I trust you, Lord Jesus, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the things seen, for the things unseen. Lord Jesus, if it is true that no one raised their hand here today because everyone here today knows you as Lord and Savior, I don't take that for granted, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the privilege to die so that we might live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Hey, if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to share a couple things 
that I think we can connect with in regards to Stephen's life. See, Stephen was an amazing person. He really was, but he's no more amazing than you and I. And when you die to live, which is the X factor of why Stephen is a person full of grace and power, by which also you are. You can add that to your resume right now. If you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to change your Twitter handle, your Facebook profile, and you can say, you know, uh, you know, let me pick on somebody. Josiah Whiney, a man full of grace and power. I just gave you permission. Change your hashtag. Why? Trust me, I've been on a road trip with this guy. Y'all don't even know this. He got pulled over for a speeding ticket driving me back from Virginia. Dude sins all the time. <laughs> True story, right, Ryan? True story. I'm just trying to take a nap. Driving back, and all of a sudden, blue lights are flashing. This dude tried to pass somebody in the middle of Deep Creek, double line. I think he was going 150 in a 20, something like that. I mean, it's amazing. He didn't get arrested. I'm not going to tell you what he said to the cop. He lied about that, too. He's a sinner. <laughs> a man full of grace and power because of Jesus. If you would die to live, let me show you three things here. When we die to live, number one, we are saved by God's grace. We are saved by God's grace. And I don't know about y'all, I just don't want to ever get over grace. I'm reminded every single day how much of a pathetic sinner I am how unworthy I am. I have a wife that I've never impressed to help me with that. Grace, grace, God's grace. I've kind of downloaded this description from a commentary of Stephen and this specific story. I just love what's written here. It says, on the last day of his life, Stephen lived as Christ lived. His story is introduced in Acts 6-8 with the statement, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. He, like Christ, was full of grace. In the New Testament, grace refers to the unmerited, unlimited riches of God poured out upon us through Christ. God's riches flowed through Stephen and onto those around him. But there is more. In pre-Christian times, the word grace was used to describe the charm of a woman or of one's speech. The word's background suggests beauty, symmetry, rhythm, elegance, loveliness. And all of this was seen in Stephen. So here's the question. Have you met Jesus? Jesus unleashed grace upon Stephen's life. And when you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, when you repent, don't be scared of that word repent. Repent is saying, I'm done. Anything in this world is done. And I'm turning from that and I'm turning to Jesus. Turning away from myself, turning to Jesus. So I'm dying 
crucified with Christ so that it's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives within me. You are one who has grace. Anyone thankful that we are saved by God's grace? Number two, we aren't just saved by God's grace so that we can tour around the world saying how awesome and grace-filled we are so the world can say, isn't that lovely? No, there's purpose behind being saved by God's grace. We are sent with God's greatness. We are sent with God's greatness. Um, in the text, it continues on there, and what do we read? It says, and Stephen, full of grace and power. Power. And then it talks about the unbelievable things that God is using Stephen to do in this time. What is it described there in verse 8? That Stephen was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And then go down and check out in verse 11. In verse 11, it says, sorry, not verse 11, verse 10. In verse 10 it says, But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. So, we are sent with God's greatness. How did Stephen live sent? He did this, to live the gospel in the first place. Secondly, to preach the gospel. You and I are sent with God's greatness to live the gospel and also to preach the gospel. Now, as we learn through the Connect Track, not all of us have the same function with the body of Christ. So it also was with Stephen. God did not give everyone the privilege of getting to serve him with miraculous healings and all those different things. God gives us, because it's up to him, right? We are his children. He has unleashed gifts upon us, and some of us are gifted in numerous different ways. Gifts of administration, but yes, also gifts of healing, gifts of encouragement, gifts of prophecy, all these different gifts. God blessed Stephen specifically with the gift of being able to perform incredible wonders and healings in Jesus' name. And I'm just so thankful that we don't just serve a God, right, that gives us something to talk about. He actually gives us something to walk out. He's for real. And I want you to know that if you are in Christ, you are sent with God's greatness. And God wants to unleash you by his spirit into this world. He does. But he also wants you to preach the greatness of our God. And if I can just beg you, if you are on this journey trying to figure out exactly how God wired you to serve him, and sometimes that's a journey, and we've got a spiritual gifts inventory we can give to you, and hopefully you can start to walk this out in community and ask people, hey, man, what do you think God's gifted me in and all that? Some of you are like, God's gifted me in the area of encouragement. But your face looks like every single time you're dealing with headaches and you're about done with life. So you need a brother and sister in Christ to say, maybe the gift of encouragement ain't for you. 
you got another gift. Let's not put you at the front door there because you're going to scare people on the way in. We need each other. Let's walk through this together and you're on this journey. Can I tell you, even if you've got a question mark, I don't know what God's specifically called me to. Can I tell you what I know what God's called you to? Preach the gospel. God has told you not to stand up like this with a microphone with some nice Jordans on. I'm wearing my Jordans today because my Tar Heels got whooped yesterday. I'm just showing a little respect to the goat who is a Tar Heel. The reason why I'm encouraging you to do this, you don't have to preach like me. You can just, as you're hanging out, I got a message from someone this past week in our church. I'm not going to single them out. But this was the text. Hey, Pastor Rob, would you like to go and hang out at this place on Saturday? And although I was already booked up to do something with my neighbors last night, uh, this person reached out and said, hey, um, why don't we go and hang out together? And it'll be like Saturday night. But let's intentionally bring someone that's not part of our church or that's not, you know, maybe a follower of God. And and as we're kind of hanging out together, um, maybe perhaps conversational flow like hey what are y'all doing tomorrow I just think that's amazing we're not called to just live out and then hopefully through osmosis everybody gets it we're called to communicate it be vocal about it and to preach the gospel now what was once again Stephen his ability to even preach the gospel wasn't about Stephen. You don't have to go to seminary. You just need Jesus. What does it say in verse 10? It says in verse 10, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit, this Holy Spirit, God's spirit through God's people unleashing God's moving around the world, the spirit with which he was speaking. So here's the question. Apply this into your life. Are you serving Jesus? We're asking ourselves, are we ready to die to live? This isn't just Paul saying, for I am crucified with Christ and no longer I who live, Christ who lives within me. That's not just praying a prayer once and then we're good. We got our getting to heaven card. Now we get to do whatever we want to. No, to truly be crucified with Christ is not just that prayer of repentance, receiving the grace of Christ, but it's also living out the power of Christ and daily asking the Lord, how today, Lord Jesus, can I live the gospel? How today, Lord Jesus, can I preach the gospel? For I know I am sent with God's greatness. Number three, we close with this. We shine for God's glory. We shine for God's glory. We are saved by God's grace when we die to live. We are sent with God's greatness when we die to live. And we shine for God's glory when we die to live. Remember Acts chapter 4? Peter and John are used by God to heal a crippled man. Remember, they're brought before a bunch of religious people, and those religious people are mad at them. That's why I don't trip if religious people get mad at you. I'm like, same old story. Seen this before. You know, I never trip when a religious person gets mad at me. 
In fact, I'm like, might be doing something. So, what am I talking about? Oh, Acts chapter 4. Peter and John get some heat from the religious. And as they're getting some heat from the religious, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. They're like, Peter is such a dummy. How in the world is this happening? Here's how it's happening. It says they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Why were Peter and John used by God? They had been with Jesus. Why then was Stephen one who at this point, as they're all waiting to stone Stephen, they're hating Stephen, they want to end his life. Why, as the haters are looking at Stephen, does Stephen shine like an angel? Because he had been with Jesus. Because he had been with Jesus. So, I'm going to ask you that question again. How's your time with Jesus? Because the Lord's put upon my heart as your pastor to propel you this week, yes, to go and tell your neighbors about Jesus. Yes, to go and serve the homeless. Yes, to go and love people well. Yes, to go and be patient in traffic. Yes, to go and do all these things. But if I could beg you to do anything this week, go and be with Jesus. For I believe that when we die to live, we are saved by God's grace. We are sent with God's greatness, and we shine for God's glory. As the band comes up, we're going to sing that song again, right, Josiah? Where the cloud of witnesses worship God together, crying out, holy, holy, holy. You know, it's kind of awesome. Next week, we're going to consider how we live to die, and we're going to consider the sacrifice that we are called to make for Jesus. But I want to take some time this week with Jesus right now. And the irony of this passage, as you maybe kind of start to read, we're going to read about Stephen's speech in Acts chapter 7. I'm going to try once again to preach one chapter, a very long chapter, in one week. But you're going to find this irony. Do you know that the same shine on Moses' face when... Moses received the Ten Commandments is the exact same shine that is on the face and life of Stephen. That's the presence of God. And these guys are like, oh man, this Stephen, he's going to like ruin everything that Moses did. Irony is same team that Moses was on is the same team that Stephen is on. His accusers had no idea that they were condemning the very God of Moses. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to read, I'm going to just read the passage. I want you to listen to it. 
You can write it down in your notes. Some of you are taking some great notes today. It's really important. Take notes. So we keep working on this all week long. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 through 18. It's going to propel us into prayer together. I, I once again brought out these Can We Pray For You cards. And there's a card on everybody's seat. And I want us in these next few moments to spend time with Jesus. And if you'd like for us to pray for you in whatever Jesus speaks to you about, use these cards, but also perhaps use this as a way to go out and over lunch, ask your waitress or someone that's sitting close by or throughout the week, how can I pray for you? Use this a way to preach But as we spend these moments right now, I'm going to read this text because I want to show you that as we shine for Jesus, that there's freedom. That God wants to unleash his full Shekinah glory upon us in this moment right now. So that as we leave this moment right now, people might recognize challenge some of you because this is a moment of training and as I shared with you just a a little glimpse of my personal time with the Lord I want to challenge you if this is something you're serious about you know that the greatest thing that you can do for your spouse the greatest thing that you could do for your own life the greatest thing you could do for your co-workers is to be with Jesus I want to encourage you at some point during the song to come down front here get on your knees Jesus and spend time with Jesus. This moment will give you confidence to do it all week long. Listen to these words as we lead into this song and into this time of prayer. Now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness much far exceeded in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Since we have such hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when we read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted. Because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so Lord, as we pray, may we enjoy you 
and may this world recognize that we have been with Jesus.